Okay. <coughs> Today's daf, Mesechah Saita, is daf Ches. We're starting the bottom of Zayin Ud Bey's, the second, the last line of the page. And as Hashem, we're going to have really, I guess, two main points. The first point is going to be a explanation of the end of the last Mishnah. So we'll explain the process that we described in the Mishnah that they would do if she would claim innocence, how they would try to wear her down, embarrass her, and we'll explain every step in the Mishnah, the process that they would do to try to get her to admit. And then the next point is going to be on the bottom of Chesmet Beis is going to be really a point that ties into Sota, but then really ties into the greater picture of things, the idea of Mida Kineged Mida. We'll see that brings us to a new topic altogether. So let's get started. We're holding Zion and Bay's bottom of the page. And uh, let's get started. So, we said in the Mishnah, So we said, if she claims that she was innocent, they would bring her up to Shari Mizrach, which was Shar Nikonor, the gate of Nikonor. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. We already said that she was brought to Lishkas Hagazis. Now, Lishkas Hagazis was situated in this area. As Rashi explains, it was Chetzi Bakodesh Vechetzi Bachol, half in holy and half in the uh, mundane area. So, if so, it's not really bringing her up there. She was already standing there. Asks the Gemara Malin, I saw, what do you mean you'd bring her up to Shar Nikinor? Hasim Kaimish, she was already standing there. Lishkas Hagazis, where the Sanhedrin was situated, was already there. So the Gemara answers, the Maskinan Lo, Machdinan Lo, they would bring her up and down, meaning, Enochinami, is that they would bring her up and down the mountain. Rashi says to all of Harabayas after they would intimidate her, in order to exhaust her. When Bezdin would deal with witnesses on capital cases, they wanted to exhaust them in order to see if what they were saying was true. When their resolve was worn down, they would see you know, that they're suffering and it's becoming exhausting. And if they were really lying and they were going to get somebody killed inappropriately, they would end up admitting. So they would bring them from chamber to chamber all over so that they would become exhausted and then they would retract if they were really lying. So the same thing they would do by Sota if she was really lying, they wanted to exhaust her to see this, that she would admit and then not uh, die inappropriately or have the name of Hashem erased inappropriately. And the Mishnah told us that in that same place, Mishar Nikanor, they would also... Do th- it would do three things. We said that the sota was be- would be given to drink there. The mitzoroyan would be purified there, as well as yoletos, y- yoletos. So the Gemara says, I understand why saitis needs to be done there. Because it says, The coin stands the woman in front of Hashem. Rashi explains, and that's the entrance that they would enter and leave for all the people that would enter into the Azara. So it makes sense why the Sotas would have to be, that's considered in front of Hashem, entrance into the Azara. nami. in terms of the Mitzayra as well, the Chesir of the Pasuk tells us, it says also there by the Mitzayra, the coin that purifies the Mitzayra would stand in Lefnei Hashem. So it makes sense also why they had to stand there by Sharnikinor, because that was entrance Lefnei Hashem. El Yoledes, my time, of what is the reasoning that a Yoledes needed to stand there? If you want to say it's because it's a mitzvah to stand by the carbon that's being brought. And Rashi explains over here, somebody that can go into the Azara is preferable to go into the Azara. But since the uh, 
your lettuce is mechusrei kapara. She hasn't yet achieved a full kapara. She's not allowed to go all the way into the azara, so she stands in the halal sharnikinor, which wasn't sanctified. So maybe that's why she needs to stand there. But the Gemara says the problem is a carbon a person is only supposed to be brought if he's standing next to it. If that's true, so then zavin and zava should also have to stand there. We're not, and we didn't mention them in the Mishnah. So the Gemara answers It's true. Zavin and Zavas would also stand there. Vitana Nakat. The Tana only taught one example, but it's the same thing. Wherever they're Mechusrei Kippurim, and they're not able to go into the Azara and stand by their Korban, they would stand at, at Sharnikinor, which would be like Bethne Hashem, which would be standing by their Korban in order that they could fulfill the Pazik of the, of, of, of the idea of standing next to their Korban at the closest possible location. Tan Rabbanan says the Brisa in Mashkin Sotas Achas. You can't give two sotas to drink at the same time. Now we quoted the same idea earlier why she can't have Rishvachas and Avadim there. In order that she shouldn't be emboldened by the other sota, meaning the other sota may be innocent and therefore go along without admitting guilt. She may not really be, but if the other one's not admitting guilt, maybe she'll also be emboldened and not admit guilt. Therefore, we don't do two at the same time so as not to embolden somebody that is actually tummy. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. He says, I agree with you essentially that they can't be given to drink at the same time, but it's not based on that idea. Ella Amar Kra, it's based on a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, I saw levada. It says, I saw. I saw means her by herself. So the Gemara says, V'tanakama haksiv I saw. L'chari, according to the Tanakama, it's also a Pasuk. So why are you saying a logic if it's based on a Pasuk? The Gemara answers, Tanakama Rabbi Shimonhi. The Tanakama concedes that there is a Pasuk that is the source Sota has to be given to drink by herself, but he's actually the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, the Darish time the Kra. Rabbi Shimon's famous opinion in Shas is that he expounds the reasoning of the Pasuk, meaning the Pasuk says, I saw by itself, she has to be given to drink by herself. But he understands that there's a reasoning for that, and actually, as we'll see in a moment, the reasoning will change the Allah in a certain case. Umatam ka'amr, saying, What is the reason for I saw? What's the reason that a site as the Pasuk lays out very clearly? Has to be given to drink by herself and you can't give two sites to drink together. In order that one is not emboldened by her friend. Okay, practically, what's the difference? They both believe that there is a Pasuk. Just Rabbi Shimon says there's actually a reasoning that the Pasuk is based on but ultimately, they're not allowed to be given to drink at the same time. So, Ikebeinayu, the Gemara says, the difference between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda, who learns purely from the Pasuk, is Rasesses, if a woman is trembling. So Rashi explains, if a woman is trembling, so we know, and she's still maintaining her innocence, she's not being emboldened by her friend. That's the point. So according to Rabbi Shimon, who says there's a time of the Krah, we see here that she's not Liba Gaspa. She's trembling. She's not emboldened. So obviously, she's innocent, and there's no problem. You could have those two sites to drink at the same time. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, who says it's a pure Pasuk, well, you can't have two drinking at the same time, even if they're clearly trembling and not emboldened one from the other. Asks the Gemara, Even according to Rabbi Shimon, if she's shaking, she's scared, would you still be allowed to give two to drink at the same time? You can't make mitzvahs into bundles. Allah is not allowed to do two mitzvahs at once because it shows that we want to make, get them over with quickly. The Tanan, as the Mishnah teaches, or the Tanya, Brisa teaches, you can't give two saitas to drink at the same time, nor can you purify two mitzvahs at the same time. If a slave, an Evid Ivri, after six years, wants to stay on, so you can't make them into nirtzahs at the same time. 
If you find a dead body between two cities, they would perform the Egla Arufa ritual. You can't do two at the same time. Because into bundles, it looks like you want to get them over with. So how are you allowed to give two scythes to drink at the same time according to Rabbi Shimon, even if she is scared? So the Gemara says, It's true. You can't give two scythes to drink at the same time if you're dealing with one coin leading the procedures. But if you see that the saitas are nervous and there's two separate koyhanim, so it's not an issue of making mitzvahs into bundles, that would be permissible. Okay, continues the Gemara. Two dots. The Mishnah told us the coin would grab her clothing. And the Bryce explains as follows. Paras, Roisha, Isha, you uncover the head of the woman. Ainly, Ella Roisha, I'd only know you uncover her hair. Goof, I mean, how do I know you also uncover her body? Like the Mishnah said, he would tear her clothing. Talmud Loimar, Ha'isha. So it didn't have to say Ha'isha, it could have just said Uparas Roisha. So the Gemara says, is Imkain, if that's true, Ma Talmud Loimar, Uparas Roisha. So why does it have to emphasize her head? If her body's uncovered, certainly her head is uncovered. So then what's the Chiddush in saying Roisha specifically? Not only would he uncover her hair, but he would also undo her braids. So it was a secondary step in order to shame her. No, if she was attractive, you wouldn't uncover her. So the Gemara seems to say, this is a machlek, is based on her hair. The concern that people have inappropriate thoughts following this procedure. It implies that Rabbi Yehuda is chayshish for her hair. He's concerned that people witnessing the spectacle will begin to have inappropriate thoughts. So therefore you wouldn't uncover her if she's attractive. And the Rabbanan are not concerned about that and you would uncover her. But we find when it comes to chiyav misa, skila, we find that the opposite is true. The Tanya, because the Brisa teaches The Brisa says, Yehuda's shita is that when it comes to stoning a man, he's only covered slightly with like a loincloth in the front. The woman is in the front and the back because even in the back, it's a concept of erva. So therefore, but again, it's a limited amount and uh, you would only cover her slightly in the front and the back. The man is stoned completely naked. The woman is not stoned naked. She's wearing clothing. So asks the Gemara, L'chaira, what do you see? You see that according to Rabbi Yehuda over there, you're not chayish for her because she's stoned with a small covering. And here, he says you are chayish for her because you don't uncover her body if she's attractive. And the Rabbanan, as I say, is a steer the opposite. As the Rabbanan here seem to imply, they say that the halacha is you would uncover her even if she was attractive. They're not worried about Hirhor. And over there, you say that we are Chayshish for Hirhor and she was stone cov- covered. So, Amar Rabba, Gemara wants to answer. Rabba answers, Ha'chataima, what's the reasoning over here? Ha'chataima, what's the reasoning over here? Shema, meaning why are we Chayshish according to the Rabbi Yehuda of Hirhor? Shema teitimi based in Zakois because perhaps after the Sota procedure she'll emerge victorious, innocent, and then once she's innocent, the young Kohanim that were around at the time of the Sota proceedings will want to chase after her. They'll be uh, provoked by her. So the Gemara says, but in the case of being stoned, she's going to be removed. Since she's going to be removed, she's going to die. And therefore, there's no problem with him chasing after her. Maybe he'll say, okay, they won't be... Uh, 
want to chase after her, but they'll chase after other women when they see her uncovered. Yitzhar only has control over something that your eyes see. Since she's going to die, there's not going to be an issue of Yitzhar. So therefore, Rabba seems to resolve the opinion of, Ra- of Rav Yehuda uh, in the steer. Rabba, Rabba says, Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda, Kashya. You're saying that you've resolved the contradiction of Yehuda and Rav Yehuda. Rabbanan, Rabbanan, lo Kashya. But was there not also a contradiction in the opinion of, of the Rabbanan? How do you resolve that contradiction? Hello, Rabba, rather, rather Rabba answers, Rabbi Yehuda, we resolve the question, as we said before, that it's partially the distinction if she's going to be leaving here. By Saita, she potentially could, so that's what Rabbi Yehuda is chayish for here and says she shouldn't be uncovered. But by Skila, she's going to die, and there's no concern that she's going to leave. Uh, and so therefore, we're not chayish for her or in such a case. But says, Rabbi, there's also no contradiction in... Um, in the Rabbanon. Yeah. Uh, what's the reason by Sota that we're not Choshesh? There's a concept that all the women should watch and be warned and not act in her uh, inappropriate, promiscuous kind of a way. So therefore, it seems to be that's an even more important reason over the hear her issue that potentially will be caused and rather you uncover her so that all the women take Musa from this. Awesome, but in the case of there's no greater Musr than the fact that she's going to die and therefore you can stone her um, unclothed it doesn't make uh, you can stone her with clothing on it doesn't make a difference you don't have to stone her with, without clothing because the greatest Musr is to see that somebody's going to die for their Averos maybe you'll ask okay it's true it's great Musr that she's going to die in the case of Skila but maybe you should also uncover her it's the additional Musr the Pasuk tells us to love your brother like yourself and the way we derive that is even in Misa you have to treat them like you'd want to be treated treat the person who's getting skila with the most appropriate Misa which would mean that the Rabbanans say it's true you need to create some of a, somewhat of a Musr reality when it comes to skila but that's by the skila itself you don't also need to stone them naked because the, that type of a shame is not necessary and that's not the Misa Yafet so the Gemara says, Lema de Rav Nachman Tanoi. He would appear then, Rav Nachman comes out to be like his Tanoim. That there are Banan who say that she's stoned with clothing on, so they seem to hold of Rav Nachman Barle Misa Yafa. Rav Yehuda who says that she's stoned without clothing seems to disagree with Rav Nachman. So the Gemara says, Loi, that's not true. The Kuli Alma Islahu de Rav Nachman. Both the Rabbanan and Rav Yehuda agree that you should choose the most appropriate death. The question is, what is the more appropriate death? The basis of the Machlokis is Mar Savar Bizyoyne Odiflei Tfei Mitzara Degufe. Is the Rabbanan's opinion? The Rabbanan's opinion is is that a person considers their uh, emotional suffering more than physical suffering. It's more more important to them. So it's true they'll die slower because they're wearing clothing, but at the same time it'll prevent them from being ashamed when they're dying, meaning the clothing will be somewhat of an interposition, causing them to die a little bit slower when they're thrown off the cliff and when they're stoned. But the point is, is that they would prefer the Misa Yafa for them would be to not be ashamed when they die, rather to be clothed. And therefore, the Rabbanon say, Misa Yafa is they should be stoned with clothing on. Well, Marsavar and Yehuda holds, is that the physical suffering that they would experience is more significant to them. 
than the uh, emotional embarrassment. So therefore, they'd rather be stoned without clothing. They'd rather be stoned without clothing on because then they'll die quicker in, in, in regards to not having clothing, even though the suffering that they'll have emotionally would be more significant. But to them, the physical suffering is worse, and therefore, it should be, it's better they should be stoned without clothing, die quicker rather than uh, wear clothing and not suffer the emotional embarrassment. Okay. Continues the Gemara. The Mishnah said, If she was wearing white clothing, Tana says the Brayse, However, if the black clothing are appropriate for her, and it's black is slimming, makes her look good, then we'll just give her disgusting clothing, not necessarily keep her black clothing on. We said in the Mishnah, if she had some sort of gold ornaments on, they would take it off, and uh, in order to disgrace her. Pshita, the Gemara says, obvious. If we said we already disgraced her, is there any Chiddush in saying this? Of course you take off her beautiful ornaments. It might be more of a shame for her to be to, to be a sota wearing gold ornaments, meaning it looks more ridiculous that she's naked with gold ornaments on than even to take them off. There's an expression people say, send the person out naked wearing shoes, meaning wearing shoes naked looks worse than not wearing shoes at all. It looks more ridiculous, and so maybe that's more of a maybe that's more of a shame. Kamash Malan, that we take off those golden ornaments. We said, we said they would bring now a uh, Mitzri band, which we learned on the Mishnah Pshat is, it was this vine that would grow at the base of a uh, palm tree, and they would tie in her clothing in order to keep her clothes up. So the Gemara is a Shaila in terms of this Chevel Mitzri. Is it absolutely necessary when it comes to Saita to have a Chevel Mitzri? Is it specifically, you need some sort of a rope in general so that her clothing don't fall down? It's just sufficient to have some sort of a general band. Or is the Chevel Mitzri unique? Why? She tied or girded herself to prepare for the, the uh, adulterer with a nice belt. And therefore, the Kohen brings this Chevel Mitzri, which is like a disgraceful. Uh, so, meaning, since the, she girded herself with a nice belt in terms of the process of becoming a site for the adulterer, therefore, in this case, perhaps we specifically want, using the Mida Kneg and Mida method, to use a Chevel Mitzri, which is some sort of a lowly thing. So maybe that's specific. And then it would be preventable, preventing, meaning it is necessary. So in the Gemara answers, Tani Sua, we have uh, the Brisa that explains this, that answers this. It specifically says they were tied above her breast. Is that her clothing shouldn't fall? It's just important that her clothing don't fall. It's not necessarily it doesn't have to be this chevel mitzri. It could be any sort of a rubber band as well. The Cholera writes literally by So the Gemara says there's an inherent question in our mission in terms of who's allowed to see her. Amrit, we said, anyone who wants to see her could come and see her. There's no distinction between men and women. But then it says women are allowed to see her, which is that only women are allowed, men are not allowed. So Rabbi answers, when it says it's referring to um, the, the, the men.
Anoshim, meaning Enochinami, when we say in the Mishnah, Kola Reitzah, in the Reisha, what it really means is that the women are allowed to come and see, not that the men are allowed to come and see. Anoshim, the women specifically. And then the men are talking, not allowed to come and see. Amalei Rav, Avah, Kola Reitzah, Liras, Katani. But it says anyone who wants to. How can you limit that to women? Elama Ravas, rather, Rav interprets the first line of the Mishnah to mean like this. Kola Reitzah, Liras, Anyone who wants to come is allowed to come and see. Laishna Gavri, Vilaishna Anoshim, means both men and women are allowed to. But Finoshim, when it says in the Seif Anoshim, are allowed, it really means to say is Chayavas Leraisa, they're actually Mechuyov, obligated to come see the spectacle. Shanamar, as it says, Vinivasur Kal Anoshim, Vilaisa Yasenak, Kizimaschano, like the Pasagin Yechaskal says, that they'll learn from this and not act in an appropriate way. So men are allowed to, women essentially have to. Continues the Mishnah with the second point of the day, the Mishnah says, Vimidash Adamoided Ba, Vimidash Adamoided in the Mida, in the measure that a person acts. He is also treated. He She prepared herself. She beautified herself for sin. So Hashem disgraces her. She revealed herself for sin. The Hakadosh Baruch reveals her as as we spoke about in the previous mission. She's, she's um, her clothing are torn, etc. She initiated the Avera first in the thigh. Meaning that, meaning first in the act of intimacy, her thigh accepted, uh, her her genitals essentially accepted the the um, adulterer. Rashi throws in over here, and then her stomach. In the way of tashmish, the thigh benefits first. Therefore, her thigh falls first, in terms of the curse. Yeah, we'll see later in the Gemara, and then her stomach. Uh, Received pleasure, so lefikach tilka yerach techila. First, in terms of the curse, her thigh falls and then the stomach v'sharkol aguf lepala. But the rest of her body does not escape, which we'll describe in, gru- describe in gruesome detail later in the Mishnayos. Omer of Yosef Afalgav the Mida Betela says the Gemara of Yosef says even though the midas of the misos bezdin were batel, meaning that uh, there's no more arba misos bezdin allotted by courts. But the measure of it, the idea of it, was not nullified. From the moment the base of was destroyed, even though there's no longer a Sanhedrin, the four Mises essentially were not nullified. We don't give those out anymore. The idea of them was not nullified. Somebody that deserves Skila, he'll either fall off a roof, Hashem will make sure, or a wild animal will trample him. He'll either fall on a fire or a snake with its fire like venom will bite him. Somebody that's Chayev. Uh, beheading be given over to the government to be killed, which was done with um, beheading, or the robbers will come and behead him. He'll either uh, drown in a river, or he'll die with Sarunchi, which is Quincy, apparently, which is some sort of a choking disease that is very severe. We're going to stop here, five lines from the bottom of Ches Amabez, as Hashem will pick up tomorrow with Daftas.